This is a Federal News Network podcast. The McCain Institute at Arizona State University, named for the late Senator John McCain, develops educational programs aimed at securing democracy and protecting human rights. Now it's launched a program called the McCain Global Leaders Program because of what it calls a leadership void around the world. For how federal executives can participate, we turn to the Institute's senior manager for global leadership, Scott Nemeth. Mr. Nemeth, good to have you on. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. It's a real pleasure to be with you today. Now, I said federal executives, and that covers a broad range of people. Tell us about what the program seeks to do and who it's aimed at. So, Tom, McCain Global Leaders has been launched as an effort by the McCain Institute to help prepare today's leaders to meet tomorrow's challenges through a global and a regional approach that also focuses on sharing the values and ideals of Senator John McCain with leaders around the world. So, Tom, we've put together the McCain Global Leaders Program really as an effort to meet what we see as a leadership void around the world and to meet some of the rising challenges that we see going on throughout the world. Those challenges can be combating human trafficking, disinformation, the rise of extremism, migration and refugee crises, and it can also be democratic backsliding and a rise of authoritarianism. So what we've done is we've spent the last year figuring out how can we combat this growing leadership void and these challenges that we see. And what we've done is we've put together a 10-month-long fellowship program for young leaders from around the world, including the United States, to expose them to the characteristics and the ideals of Senator McCain, that idea of character-driven leadership, but also provide them technical skills building that will help them go back to their home country and take on some of those big challenges that we've talked about. And when you mention the problems that you mentioned that plague the world, then these are really aimed not, say, at a young executive at Procter & Gamble, for example, but more someone at an NGO, a nonprofit, or a government. Exactly. So what we're looking for, Tom, is folks who are between the ages of 25 and 40. There is no age limit. So you can be younger, you can be older. But what we're looking at is folks who are in a position of influence They're mid-career professionals. They can be federal employees working at the Department of Defense or at the EPA. They can be CEOs or high-level officers at an NGO or a humanitarian organization. But we're also looking at folks in the private sector, journalists, scientists, folks who might be working on these challenges that we've talked about in a really unique way. And what types of specific skills do these folks tend to need in terms of global leadership? I mean, there are global leaders. Some of them are terrible, but they're at the heads of countries and the heads of large organizations. But it sounds like almost a parallel to what the army is doing, for example, concentrating on giving real skill inculcation to its majors who will be the top leaders of tomorrow. Exactly. What we want to do is we want to empower this next generation of leaders to be able to meet tomorrow's challenges. And so what we focus on a lot is we talk about serving a cause greater than oneself and being in the arena, taking on these challenges head on. So we want to focus on character-driven leadership. And what that really means is incorporating values in your decision-making process, working with your colleagues, working as a team to take on these issues, and not putting your own self-interest above the greater good. And so what we'll do through the program is we'll focus a lot on some of the 
principles and the values that were present throughout Senator McCain's legacy. And we'll distill those down into a leadership curriculum that will actually deliver virtually. And it'll allow our participants to be able to grow on their own character-driven leadership skill set. And so what we're looking for is folks who have already exhibited that they're willing to serve a cause greater than themselves. And these people might be recommended by their superiors, for example, or they can self-select. They can self-select. We're open to recommendations. We have a pretty comprehensive application process. It's at McCainInstitute.org. Folks can check out the application, see if it's a good fit for them. It includes references. It's much like a college application. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at all these applications. Anyone from any country in the world can apply. We'll take a look at those applications. We'll do an interview process, and then we'll select down to 25 participants, five from each region of the world. Got it. Okay, interesting. We're speaking with Scott Nemeth, Senior Manager for Global Leadership at the McCain Institute at Arizona State University. So if it's delivered virtually, how do you envision the cohort of leaders bonding? Because a lot of these programs tend to be residential, maybe not for nine months, but sometimes. And this would be a weekly type of Zoom meeting or how would it work? It's a great question, Tom. So actually, we're deploying a hybrid model. So it'll be both virtual and in-person. The concept behind this is that we want to create a very flexible program so that we can have equity and diversity in the participants that we're having involved in our programming. So we'll have that leadership curriculum, which I talked about. That's delivered on a monthly basis. So it's only a two to four hour a month time commitment to hop on Zoom, learn from some leading experts in the leadership space, as well as experts who know something about communication, fundraising, advocacy, those types of core skill sets that are so important. But on top of that virtual curriculum, we also have have an in-person program. And there will be three in-person programs spread out over the course of 10 months. The first program will be here in the United States, and that'll be an opportunity for all 25 participants to come together. And like you said, they'll be able to bond. They'll be able to share their cultures. They'll be able to share their own leadership journeys and learn from each other in a peer-to-peer model. So that time in the U.S. will take them to Arizona. They'll actually be able to participate in the McCain Institute's Sedona Forum, which is the annual summit of leaders and experts from around the world. So they'll get that front row seat to the Sedona Forum. But then they'll also come to Washington, D.C., where they'll really be able to engage with experts on their topical area of focus. So each region of the world on an annual basis, Tom, we're going to pick a regional theme for them. So these will be some of the greatest challenges that we see. In our first year, the regional theme for the Western Hemisphere is focused a lot on the migration crisis that we see and the refugee crisis that results and the instability that results. And then we go to Europe and Eurasia. In Europe and Eurasia, we're seeing a lot of threats to democracy, democratic backsliding in the form of extremism and misinformation. So we'll focus on how to defend democracy against those two things, extremism and misinformation. We'll then go to Africa and the Middle East, and we'll focus a lot on peace, security, and reconciliation. How do we work with diverse populations to find common ground and really build up resilience and reconciliation? And finally, in Asia and Oceania, we'll focus actually on climate change and a changing climate and how that has resulted in so much instability, both politically and economically. And we'll look at how can sustainability and environmentalism help support human rights, democracy, and governance in those areas. So there's that in-person component. There's that thematic component. We call it a global and a regional program. So our second in-person program is going to actually take the program to that participant's home region, which is really exciting. 
What about yep. the fundamental idea that do participants believe in capitalism or the American way or that sort of thing? Is that not a requisite, but is that something you also emphasize, given that it was John McCain and it is a, an American-based program? It's a great question. We really want to emphasize democratic growth and really cherishing human rights and freedoms, which, as you said, Senator McCain spent a lot of his career going around the world to places like Ukraine and Vietnam and focusing on expanding human rights and freedom. And so we really do want our participants to exhibit those qualities of democratic governance. So that's certainly something that we'll look towards. You know, each individual will have their own unique background. We welcome diversity. We welcome unique backgrounds. But we really do want to have that focus on serving a cause greater than oneself and protecting human rights and freedoms and democracy. And who are the faculty delivering all this information? So we've actually put together a really cool thing, a global advisory council made up of leading experts from around the world in the fields of national security, private sector, banking, humanitarianism, international development, government, and journalism. And these experts include folks like David Axelrod, H.R. McMaster, Ali Soufan, Weiwei Nu, uh, and Nate Mook. And there's a long list of our advisory council members, and they will be supporting the program directly. They will be the ones providing mentorship and that hands-on experience. And then we'll also introduce our participants to really a global network of support. So when they're here in the United States or they're in a regional country or they're at our final stop, in-person stop in Vietnam, they will be exposed to folks who can really help them on their careers. And those will be leading experts from around the world. And that final stop in Vietnam has special resonance with the idea of John McCain himself, doesn't it? Exactly. We're actually calling that our legacy experience because the country was so important to Senator McCain. Not only was he held captive there, but he was such a leader in providing reconciliation between our two countries. So we're going to follow that journey when we're in Vietnam. And it's really going to provide our participants the opportunity to reflect on their time with the McCain Institute and then look ahead. What do they want their legacy to be? How are they going to go and make change in their home country? Scott Nemeth is the Senior Manager for Global Leadership at the McCain Institute. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. It's been a real pleasure. And we'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Hello and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. 
the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Uh, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it. Um, From Sea to the C-Suite, fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but... Uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day and I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention and it was it was, you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions. Uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. 
That's right. And and I mentioned that I, I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From Sea to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, And I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And and, uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, During my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, w- WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally and, agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler, and to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.